Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be with all of our listeners again today. And how blessed we are to be able to come together each day, Monday through Friday, open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, study a little bit more thoroughly perhaps, and learn a little bit more. And that really helps us in our faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So boiled down, faith develops within us as we study God's Word, as we listen to it, as we understand it, we believe it, we make the proper applications to our lives. So being in God's Word on a daily basis is really crucial to the strength, development, and growth of our faith. We want to encourage you to tell others about Search the Scriptures, encourage them to tune in themselves. Now, you can also go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, there's no charge for that. It's free. It always will be free. We keep saying we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or whatever other smart device, computer, pad, laptop, tablet, whatever it might be, they will receive Search the Scriptures every day, Monday through Friday. And then you can listen to it at your convenience, because we know a lot of people listen but they can't listen every day, or they can't listen at the exact times that it's broadcast, even though it's broadcast several times every day. But when you you sign up for our podcasting, you can pull it up and listen to it as you have the opportunity. Tell others to do so as well. But you'll receive more than just our radio program, Search the Scriptures. You'll also receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I really think is a real jewel as far as staying in God's Word, and that's a short, about a 13-minute study each day called Today's Bible Class, and that's seven days a week. Keeps us in God's Word every single day. Tell others, take advantage of this opportunity yourself, and again, it will always be free. We also encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th, 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. And Sunday evening, we come back for another period of worship at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And Wednesday evenings, right in the middle of the week, good time to stop get our spiritual batteries recharged, so to speak, we come back together every Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we'd love to meet you, let you get to know us, and let us get to know you. Check us out. Many have done that from the program over the years, and many have stayed on with us. We would love to meet you. We're going to get into a new subject, a new series here. And this might be something that might surprise some people that I would address this as all, as programs, radio programs in our series, Search the Scriptures. That's the basic thrust, the basic theme of our radio ministry, Search the Scriptures. Get into God's Word. And if you've been listening for any time at all, you understand that we do exactly that. We dig deep into the Scriptures, and we also, we also try to explain them in a way that is 
easy to understand and that makes sense for our everyday life. So what I want to talk about in this particular line of, of study is I want us to talk about self-esteem. Now, again, some people might be a little surprised. You're going to talk about self-esteem as a Bible topic? I am, because I think it's something that we are really having problems with in our country today, in our culture today. And I suspect that it's probably a problem in many countries around the world, in many cultures. You see, our we live here, so we can relate to what it's like here in this country more readily than we can in other places around the world because that's not where we live. I've never been to a foreign country, uh, and that's okay with me. I, you know, but it would be okay with me if, if the opportunity availed itself and someday I could maybe visit a few foreign countries. That might be good. I really don't have a desire to do that right now because of the crazy state that the world is in, but someday, maybe. But here, we understand that our nation and our culture is really in a state, well, of chaos to a great extent. Unfortunately, the values that the very influential, and I think it's probably a rather small group percentage-wise of people who are pushing this change in our culture, but yet they're in very influential positions, both in government and in society. And so they're, they're getting a lot done as far as their agenda is concerned, but I think that's to our degradation and self-destruction as a nation and as a culture cultural mindset to a great extent. But again, they really have this agenda. They're in the right positions to push it forward, and they're making headway. I, I hope, I pray, the pendulum will swing back again. People will start to reject so many of those crazy, wild positions that these movers and shakers are pushing and that we'll come back more to a position of reason, sanity, and rationale. Well, self-esteem. What, what does our nation do? What does our cultural mindset, what does our society promote to develop a person's self-esteem in this country? Well, esteem, first, that word, has to do with opinions with value or regard that a person has for something or somebody. Now, you might look at some organization that does some really good benevolent work, and you say, I hold that organization in high esteem. In other words, you value them. You, you respect them. You hold, hold them in high regard. There might be a person in your life, maybe a family member, maybe a parent, maybe an instructor where you were under, under whose tutelage you took classes when you were in high school or college. Or maybe it's you're a supervisor at work who has really kind of taken you under his, his or her wing and really taught you the business, your job, really brought you along and helped you develop in your profession. Or whatever it might be, you might say, that person, 
I really, hide that, I really hold that person in high esteem. They're valuable to me. I, I, I appreciate them so much. I really hold them up in my mind. Well, our society talks about self-esteem. How do, how do I look at myself? So the word esteem, that concept has to do with opinions, value, regard that a person has for something or somebody. Self-esteem is when a person looks at himself, examines himself, tries to analyze who he is, what he is, how he's living, what he's doing, what he's accomplished, and how ultimately he comes to a position of what regard does he have for himself. Or we might say, does he see himself in a position of self-worth? Does he count, him, count himself worth, worth something, a good person, a productive person? How does he see himself when he looks in the mirror of his life? Well, our society conditions us to base our self-esteem too much on the wrong things, such as physical appearance, financial status, professional accomplishments, social standing. Now, these can be productive. There's nothing wrong with these. But if, if this is the basis, the, the most fundamental basis for you developing your sense of self-esteem, how you see yourself, what worth you attach to yourself, then you're looking at the wrong things. Now, again, do they all play into the picture? Well, well, sure, they do, or they can at least, but they're not the most important things. Physical appearance? Come on. But see, we're bombarded with that through advertisements, through examples when we see people around us dressing in certain kinds of apparel and with the right tags on them, in other words, the right name brands, spending the right amount of money, maybe way too expensive for what they really need, but they've got to have that particular name brand. They've got to put out that kind of money because it, it, it gives them a sense of self-worth. Well, that's shallow self-worth. The same thing could be true of financial status. Somebody looks at a person who has half a million dollars or maybe a million dollars or maybe several million dollars, and they say, well, that's a, that's a really important person. Why? Because they have that much money? Is that why they're really important? What kind of a life do they live? What's their character like? And, and same thing with professional accomplishments. There are people who have accomplished a great deal in their professions, but they really don't amount to much as a human being. And then we could say social standing. Boy, that person over there, he knows all the right people. He moves in the right social circles. And so that, that person must really be worth something. Maybe, but maybe not. He may not be, again, he may not be a person or she may not be a person of very high moral character at all, even though they seemingly know what society would say is the right people and move in the right social circles. You see, those are not, while they may contribute to a degree, they're not the primary source, or at least should not be, the primary source for true self-esteem. 
how we ought to look at ourselves, analyze ourselves, and say, yeah, I, I, I am a good person. I am doing good things. I am accomplishing good achievements. Now, these sources are largely superficial, and basing our self-esteem primarily on such as these can ultimately leave us unhappy, unfulfilled, dissatisfied, empty, even depressed. Depression is such a problem in our culture right now, such a problem. Think about one particular disorder that is attached, I think probably almost always, to depression, and that's bulimia. And so maybe you have known somebody who is bulimic. I have. I have known of, you know, another one besides the one I knew personally. But think about now a person who is bulimic. So what do they do? They look at themselves in a mirror, and they may be a shapely young woman. And most of the times, my impression is that bulimia is an eating disorder and again, probably almost always attached to depression, that hits females rather than males. Now, maybe some males, they they fall prey to this disorder as well, but I think it's mostly females. I could stand corrected on that, but I think that's, that's correct. Now, so here is this young girl or this young woman who looks at herself in the mirror, and she may be highly attractive. She may be pretty, beautiful even, shapely, but she sees a distorted image looking back at her from that mirror. She sees herself as as overweight, maybe grossly overweight. She doesn't like her image at all. She doesn't like what she sees, and so she starves herself on purpose and to an, an unreal extent. But then, of course, when you starve yourself, you're going to be hungry. So then, that person who is bulimic, then they will go on eating binges, stuffing themselves, and that'll be followed by deep guilt. And so then they will purge that through self-inflicted vomiting. And they'll go through that, that process over and over and over and over again. And that results in damaging the body in various ways, even the heart can be damaged through that kind of practice on an extensive basis. And so it leaves them vulnerable to having health problems, physical problems, and even death. Even death. Now, again, I think that probably in almost all of the cases of bulimia, depression is at the root of it. Depression. Why do people commit suicide? When we think about suicide in our country, my understanding is we have something of an, perhaps you would call it an epidemic of suicide right now. It seems like the suicide rates from what I I keep reading and hearing are increasing. Why is that? Why does a person ultimately resort to suicide? He wants to escape. He wants to end the pain. And why is that pain brought on him? Again, depression goes with suicide. Depression is at the root of suicide, probably almost exclusively. 
Now, that person might suffer abuse from somebody else, might suffer ridicule. He might have a very low self-esteem because of his lack of accomplishments that he thinks he should have been able to achieve. You see, the reasoning can go on, but what does it all result in? Depression, and the depression ultimately triggers the suicide. Do you realize that the, le- that the second leading cause of death among 15 to 24-year-olds is suicide? Now, I, I said that right. The second leading cause of death in the ages 15 to 24 years old is suicide. Suicide. Now, when I first began hearing this particular statistic many years ago, I was amazed, maybe rather floored, because we're talking about kids. And and my thought is, you've got your whole life ahead of you. Why would you be contemplating suicide? Depression again. Want to escape the pain. And we're not talking about physical pain. We're talking about emotional pain, psychological pain. This is something that every parent and every grandparent really needs to consider, grapple with, and give proper attention to because it may affect your children or your grandchildren without you even knowing it. Often, young folks in these age range, in this age range, 15 to 24 years old, all of a sudden, the parents find their child having committed suicide. Or friends get the word, so-and-so committed suicide last night. I remember that happened with a teenage boy who lived virtually across the street from me a number of years ago. A shock to everybody. 20%, nearly 20% of high school students are said to have serious thoughts about suicide. Now, you understand what that means? Nearly 20% of high school students have seriously contemplated suicide. That means one in every five. How many, are, how many children in that age range are in your family? How many children in that, in that age range do you know? One in five, statistically, have serious thoughts about suicide. Well, what brings on the depression that leads to this kind of ultimate decision on the part of people? A lack of self-esteem. They don't think they amount to anything. And again, that may be because of criticism from other people. In some cases, it might be criticism from a parent or a sibling. But they don't think they amount to anything. They don't think they're any good. And that causes them emotional and psychological pain. And so they ultimately think, I I don't matter. I'm not worth anything. And so they resort to the worst. They commit suicide. Where do we go for the best source to develop good self-esteem? That's what we want to talk about 
That's what we want to study about in this particular series of Search the Scriptures. Where do we find the best source to develop good self-esteem? I want to close today by reading Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 and 17. Now behold, one came to him, that is Jesus, and he said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, what does our culture sell us as a bill of goods as to what we need to think about as to being a good person in our society, in our culture right now? What's our cultural mindset? What's going to let me be able to look in the mirror of see my real image every day, but even just look in the mirror of my life and and say, yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm a good person. I'm living a good life. Well, again, physical appearance, financial status, professional accomplishments, social standing, and those are all surface level. But that's what's being pushed down our throat. But Jesus said, the real source of goodness, and that would be the source through which we can analyze our own self-worth, develop our own self-esteem, that's God. In fact, you take God out of the picture, you cannot define goodness in a finite way. Because God is the source of goodness. Jesus says there is one that is good, and that's God. That's God. So what society may be telling us is good, good stuff, good achievements, good accomplishments, puts you in a, in a position of, of being good, that is largely surface-level reasoning. We ultimately, if we really want to grasp goodness in our lives and have that sense of real self-worth, real self-esteem, we've got to connect with God. We'll talk about this more deeply next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time asking us, please help us to live the good life that you have laid out for us and to reason our goodness as we live in this world according to the goodness that you display for us through your blessings and also communicate to us through your word. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen.